you can identify a new problem that has arisen because of this crisis that is painful for people that they would pay for a solution, there's you know not a better time to start it than now. Hi, I'm Jeff Holden, principal and founder of Multipoint Content Strategies and Hear Me Now Studio for podcast production. Many of our local nonprofit agencies have made our community better with their outlook of hope for those they serve. With economic headwinds facing most, if not all, I've offered our studio to produce a podcast for them to help tell their stories in their words to provide another opportunity to reach out for support at a time when so many of their fundraising efforts have become challenging. Our purpose in doing so is to inform and direct interested donors or volunteers to those organizations that do so much for us and keep that candle of hope burning brightly for all. I'm talking today with Jeff Bennett and Laura Good from Startup SAC. Jeff Bennett has worked for Boeing as a software engineer, is currently a freelance writer and content creator for his company, Digital Splash Media, is an ecosystem builder and co-founder of Startup SAC. Laura Good has been involved with the tech scene in Sacramento for over 12 years, including seven years with the Sacramento Area Regional Technology Alliance, or SARTA, Techstars, Clean Start Sacramento, manages her own consulting firm, and is the other co-founder of Startup Sac. Guys, what was it about Sacramento that you felt compelled and confident enough to launch Startup Sac for almost five years ago now? Well, it actually was almost five years ago, so it was in the fall of 2015, and I would say it started with Laura's background, first of all, since she's been involved in the, in the startup community here for much longer than I have. So Laura, why don't you take over and explain uh, your role in SARTA and all that, and then we can talk about Startup yeah, SAC. So, uh, I moved to the Sacramento region in 2007, and I was looking to work for a startup company because that's the last thing I had done when I was in Orlando, and it was such a kick. So I started hanging out with an organization called SARTA, which is the Sacramento Area Regional Technology Alliance, looking for that next job with that next startup. But instead, SARTA offered me a job working with entrepreneurs. So that was really my how I started working in Sacramento startup community was through SARTA. Mm-hmm. So um, SARTA closed its doors in 2015, and I had worked with them for seven years. You know, I really had a great sense of community. I'd helped build the entrepreneurship community in Sacramento, particularly the support side of it. And I wasn't ready to stop. (laughs) So uh, even though I started doing work as a consultant because Startup SAC had not quite yet been born, uh, I was still heavily involved in a lot of what was going on startup-wise. Then Jeff started a a website, and Jeff, I'll let you tell that part of Startup SAC. Sure. So, and actually about that time when, when Startup closed down, I had actually just recently moved to Sacramento area and I, Laura was in the midst of organizing a startup weekend, which we can talk about a little bit later, but I was on the organizing team for that. kind of got interested in, in helping out startups because that's what startup weekend is all about. And I got the bug. I'd also done websites for a number of years. And so once I saw startup closing down, I thought, well, there's a need, there's a, there's a gap here. We need resources about what's going on in the startup community. So I, I built a website in September of 2015 and launched that, startupsec.com. And basically that was just a little passion project. You know, I'd put a couple hours a week finding resources and events and putting them on the website. 
I mean, that's kind of really the origins of Startup Sec website. And, and actually, there's a little bit of back history before this. Laura and I had collaborated on when she was at Startup in an infographic that kind of described the, the startup community. And so that eventually evolved into some other things on the website as well. Four or five years ago, 2015, and Laura, all the way back to 07, quite a significant change in the community and the startup community specifically. If you look at it from four years ago to today, how would you describe it? I've seen a greater interest in supporting the startup community from the people who can help support it financially. So both from at the city government level, at the level of organizations like the Greater Sacramento Economic Council, that there's greater interest in having a thriving startup community. And I think some of that comes from the change in the thought in economic development thought that there's uh, it now it's not all about having a company relocate to your region but it's from building companies from within so uh, we're seeing people kind of putting money where their mouth is in terms of programs like the city of sacramento has a grant program that we've earned two grants from them over the last four years you know they're they're actively supporting growing the startup ecosystem so That's the big difference that I've seen is that there's more support from the top. I think we've always had kind of grassroots things going on, but a lot of startups were encouraged once they got a certain amount of traction to maybe move to the Bay Area because it had a more thriving startup scene or because they thought that it was easier to get funding that way. Mm -hmm. But I also think how funding happens through investors that they're no longer asking startups to move to San Francisco if they're going to invest in them. One, the the cost of doing business there is so high. So globally, we've seen a change where companies don't have to move where the investor is. And then locally, we're seeing more support for startup efforts from, I call them the powers that be, the checkbooks, the suits, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, the people that are very influential in the decisions that are made in economic development. Yeah, and just to elaborate on that, because it ties into to our origin story, actually. So in, in early 2016, Mayor Kevin Johnson outlined this city, city of the city address, uh, an innovation and growth fund. And so Laura mentioned a grant that we we won. We won a grant called a Rails Grant in 2016 from the city. We and I think 14 or 15 other organizations, and it was a lot about acceleration and innovation initiatives to grow the startup ecosystem here. So I think that was a huge incentive for us that we wouldn't need that grant kind of made us realize, well, maybe there's, you know, there's a, there's a need and maybe this gives us a little bit of runway to do something. And so that kind of propelled us beyond just a little side project into an actual entity where we actually incorporate this as a nonprofit. It's a great segue, Laura, you had mentioned with the transitions from Bay Area to anywhere, not necessarily where the investors are. The question I wanted to ask you was, we've seen this ramp up and all of a sudden, a sudden shutdown of everything we've known historically for the last couple of months. Prior to shelter in place, this was a really hot market. We saw a lot of activity. We saw a lot of investor interest, funds coming to the market, obviously businesses supporting. Tell me a little bit about 
what that looks like today coming out of it. And and certainly there seems to be even a possibility of some benefit where people are realizing, hey, I don't have to be in the Bay Area. I can move to Sacramento and live a lot less expensively and do what I was doing. You know, you mentioned the prior to the shelter in place stuff. And yeah, there was a lot of activity going on. And, and from our perspective, we saw a lot of activity just in, I think, 2019, even with a lot of pitch events all of a sudden emerged. That was one of the, the core offerings that we started in actually the fall of 2018 was a, what we called warm-up pitch, which was an opportunity to give emerging startups who were just starting to gain traction and get, getting ready to pitch investors an opportunity to practice that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did that, started that warm-up pitch at Mark Haney, at Haney Biz, launched Smart Tank, and Five Star Bank relaunched somewhere around that time, and another one, Capital Region ARVR, Accelerator had a pitch event. We had affiliations with SBDC, so there was there just seemed to be an extra boost in the startup community from a lot of these things. And yeah, we did see a lot of success stories coming out of some local startups. And yeah, then COVID hit, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think some small businesses, entrepreneurs, are really hurting. They need that in-person interaction to thrive. Others have seen just increased business, so it's kind of a mix. I would say a lot of the startups that we work with, though, haven't really been impacted yet because they're pre-revenue and they maybe they don't even have a minimum viable product yet. So, uh, And a lot of them were already working at home. The one thing that they're going to have trouble with is uh, doing what we call customer validation, where you get out and you talk to people and you find out if the problem that you're trying to solve, if it's a real problem for real people who are willing to pay something to to solve that pain point. It's still a pretty short period of time for the, for those folks, and they don't have payrolls yet. The ones that it's hurt were the ones who were just starting to go out for a funding round, because from what we're hearing is investors are sort of saving, particularly VCs, are saving the money that they have in their fund for follow-up funding for companies they've already invested in right now. So there's a little bit of a slowdown in new investment. But I think that's a temporary slowdown. Most of the companies we work with you know, weren't at that level where they were going to get a loan from the SBA or the Paycheck Protection Loan, that sort of thing. So we're mostly working with the smaller companies, although the larger companies are part of our universe. They're sort of teachers and mentors to the, the younger startups that we're working with. And that's, again, teeing us up beautifully to the next part of that question is success stories that you've seen over the course of the last four or five years, people who have come through the startup orientation and who are now what would be deemed at least ongoing businesses, their product was viable, they are sustainable, and it looks like they're doing well coming out of shelter in place. One of those companies we just featured, I think you participated in Startup Sack Happy Hour mm-hmm. earlier this month, Trifecta with Greg Connolly. They relocated to Sacramento and Greg was one of our presenters at One Million Cups. We've seen them go from, you know, really not having funding and just like starting out in their business to being one of the fastest growing startups, if not the fastest growing startup right now in the Sacramento region. They've uh, provide nutritious, healthy, already prepared meals for home deliveries. Uh, And they target a lot of athletes and those kinds of people, but 
their business has been booming during COVID-19 because you know people aren't going out to restaurants and they want food delivered. So we've seen Trifecta really grow. We have some other smaller stories too, like a couple of guys met at a 1 million cups and they discovered that they were both really interested in blockchain. And they created a blockchain company and about six months later presented it at 1 million cups, or I should say a blockchain enabled company. They were acquired. So they met at 1 million cups, they presented their company at 1 million cups, got some feedback, and then a couple months later they were acquired. And the whole them meeting each other and starting a company, it all came out of the startup community that we're a part of here in Sacramento that we've helped build. So I love stories like that. Yeah, the startup's dream. We we got together and then we got acquired. It's a beautiful thing. Move on to the next opportunity. What are you seeing or what do you expect even from the many co-working spaces, hacker labs, incubators that we had from this point going forward? I know a lot of them are challenged and those are great gathering places for ideas and collaborative work. What's the consensus at this point in time? (laughs) I'm not sure there is a consensus at this point. You know, too soon. Well, so, you know, first of all, you know, a lot of people maybe don't understand the importance of of co-working spaces. They're really an opportunity for for what we call serendipitous collisions where, you know, one startup founder can run into somebody else and and great ideas emerge from that connection and collaboration. Our co-working, and Laura can talk to this much better than I can, having been in the community for so much longer, but our co-working spaces here have really blossomed over the last four years. We -hmm. we had maybe, what, a a dozen or so when Startup Stack launched, and, and now there's two dozen easily, I think, or pre-COVID anyway, they're being affected by this. We even found out last week with, with Hacker Lab. Laura, you've got some more insights into the co-working spaces. Yeah, I think they're, right now, say pre-COVID, they were definitely an essential element of our you know healthy startup community. It, it's actually a factor that you know the people who write white papers would call density, at density meaning are the startup people in your community able to be bumping into each other all the time? You know, just the fact that more and more startups have moved downtown is like a great thing for startup success because it's increasing that density. So co-working spaces really help with that. And the other thing that they really help with is most of them provide free space for meetups or coding meetup of software developers or an activity that we might do a workshop or startup grind met at the urban hive for a lot of years so they really provided that space and and more than just the space it was the feel you know it was it was the vibe it was a startup vibe we don't know what's going to happen the only one we've heard about that is closing is a Rancho Cordova location of Hacker Lab and then their their big Rockland makerspace. If you read the press release on that, um, Sierra College was their partner for the Rockland makerspace. And Sierra College is going pretty much to a virtual mode right for the the near future. Mm -hmm. Without Sierra College's support, it's hard to maintain that space there. So they're, they're putting all their energy into their Midtown location. But we don't know if spaces are going to close down because of this. They're just starting to open up again. We'll have to see. I think enough are going to survive that we're still going to have a place to meet up. 
The question is, when will it be safe to meet up again? And how clever can we get using the virtual world to make those collisions happen? And we have been using Zoom. It's not the same as just randomly running into someone. Jeff, anything on that? Not much. I mean, it's interesting. I I just saw a newsletter from Hacker Lab today that they're opening up with revised operations on June 1. So I think we're going to see that, you know, part of their operations are going to include, you know, increased distance between desks and limiting how many people can be in some of their makerspace rooms and people wearing masks and wiping down disinfecting surfaces afterwards. So they're adjusting and they're adapting to it. And I think many others will do that too. I just to guess, I would think that the ones who have the larger space square footage wise may be able to uh, adapt a little more easily since they can provide that social distancing a little easier. But it'll be interesting to see. And I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the community responds to that. Like Laura said, it's so much of the activities and events happen in these co working spaces that, you know, Urban Hive and Hacker Lab. Cap City and Granite City co-working that they're an essential part of the community and, and these events and these collisions are essential and it'll be interesting to see how that evolves and adapts uh, and I don't think anybody really knows right now we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I'm hoping that a lot of them actually did get some financial assistance. I know that Hacker Lab did get some federal loans and I'm assuming that that they all applied for them and hopefully got them. So that'll give them a little bit of carryover. Also, it depends on what did their members do? Mm -hmm. Did their members keep paying for their space or are the members going to pull the plug? Well, there's there's two things. The serendipitous collisions. I will give you attribution. I love the phrase. (laughs) It's going to be used again. (laughs) Well, so I don't don't think either one of us can take credit for it. I think that actually comes from the Kauffman Foundation. Uh, They have a playbook entrepreneurship playbook. And I think it comes from there, actually. The other thing that's significant in any community with a reasonable startup amount of activity is the local universities. We've got UC Davis here, Los Rios Community College system for the the JC. And then we also have Sac State, which is working on the Anchor University for Sacramento. How are they involved? Can you share a little bit of the activity and the relationship between Startup Sac and our educational facilities? Sure. Um, so I think the not enough people realize probably how big of a powerhouse UC Davis is for startup activity on several fronts. I mean, just the, num- the, the amount of intellectual property and, and ideas that come out of that university is just astounding. And, you know, the programs they have with the Big Bang competition, which was just, what, a week or so ago, this year's has been going on for 20 years. So it's like a business plan competition. They've got the Child Family Institute for Innovation in Entrepreneurship and Entrepreneurship Academies. And they have their own whole ecosystem uh, at UC Davis. And we try to do as much as we can to help promote that and make people aware of their programs. And they, I think, are branching out too to try to connect with the community more with uh, their collaboration with City of Sacramento on Aggie Square. So, you know, they're a powerhouse. And I, I would love to see and help have the whole community connect more with EC Davis because they're such a powerhouse. I wanted to add, I think a lot of people don't realize that the Big Bang business competition, which has been going on for 20 years now, it starts in, I think, October and it ends in May. And there's all this weekly training involved that the public can participate in that. The public 
for the last few years has also been able to compete. It's wide open. So anyone, any startup in the community can can participate. So I think the word's getting out a little bit more. I always try to really bang the drum on that one in the fall when Big Bang first starts out, that you don't have to be student or faculty. And I think uh, UC Davis is doing a pretty good job now of getting that out. And then they also have a lot of classes like through Venture Catalyst that are very specific education for startup founders. A lot of it focused on what are called deep technology startups where you know there's things they need to know about the patent process and all that sort of stuff. And those are open to the public as well. Yeah, and I w- one other thing I would add is, is we have a few programs, like I mentioned, our warm-up pitch competition. We've actually funneled a lot of the winners of the Big Bang over last year or so. We've funneled into our program and, and helped them get more notoriety and recognition in, in the community through our events. Uh, so Joppa and repurpose. repurpose Energy and Pair Anything and Vertex Advertising. Uh, there's just a bunch of startups that come out of that place. And if we can as they come out of that big bang competition, if we can funnel them into the, you know, that that's kind of the Davis ecosystem. If we can then funnel them into the Sacramento startup ecosystem, I think it's just, it helps promote those startups and the whole region as a whole. Yeah, we in fact, we've seen they're in the big bang. Uh, then we encourage them to present at 1 million cups. And then when they get to a point where they're ready for investment, we get them into our program, the Startup Sack, Warm up pitch. pitch. Thank you. There's so many things that start with start back now, which is three training sessions and then like a mock pitch session in front of investors where they get feedback from investors. And then uh, I was really excited to see a number of the companies that went through warm up were invited to present at Five Star Bank Tank event, which really is an investor event. They have 60 to 100 investors come to watch pitches from about 20 to 30 different companies. Kind of a proud moment for me to see some who'd gone through our programs were being invited to present at that. We also have the Carlson Center at Sac State, Carlson Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, which I know you guys are also involved with. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship as well? Sure. Happy <laughs> <laughs> to go on that, Laura. So, yeah, so we've actually, I think we... First started working with them about a year ago, and we actually held one of our warm-up pitch competitions at Sac State. They had a, an event in last April, so we held, we collaborated with them and held that there. They've also been great partners in, in doing Startup Weekends and Global Entrepreneurship Week in November in One Million Cups. But also since since Cameron Law has come on in I, just several months ago, he has really amped up the program there as far as reaching out to serve not just students, but the whole community. And I I think that's fantastic. And so in seeing that, so we've we've partnered with them on our last several Startup Stack Happy Hours to co-host that and and get some assistance on the the Zoom virtual meetings of those. We've got some plans for some additional events with them coming up later in the year. So it's a great collaboration and I'm I'm just, I'm stoked to be able to be working with them and, and really excited to see what they're doing over there. Yeah, a few years ago, there was talk more about getting students off campus and the community on campus at Sac State to just basically widen the reach. And uh, Lewis Stewart with the city of Sacramento was uh, really involved in making that happen as well. 
and bringing Cameron on, Cameron who has been very active in Sacramento's entrepreneurial ecosystem for four or five years. He's actually one of the volunteer organizers on One Million Cups as well. He's worked for Impact Venture Capital. He was already deep into our startup community. And so he's really been leveraging those relationships to get Sac State students to learn what's going on in the community and to invite the community campus for different events. So he's, he's doing a great job there. And he reaches out to people like Startup Sac, others in the community to collaborate on events. So um, it's been a really great relationship. And it's encouraging to see that we've got more than just the business side of the community involved, that we do have the educational side, that we do have the greater university side, uh, not to mention the investor side coming from the Bay Area and nationally. Yeah. If you look at the activity that's taking place recently, and I think it'll continue in that same path, even though we have a pause, so to speak, what are you seeing from the majority of startups? Is it related to B2B? Is it is it software? Or is it B2C, direct-to-consumer? What sort of things do you see as the most prolific in the activity in the community right now? Hmm. <laughs> well, it's an interesting question, and I think there's a couple of ways to address it, you know, Startups Act, for one, is we're focused on high-growth tech startups. So, you know, that's primarily the things we're looking at. And when, when I say tech, I don't mean just software. I mean intellectual property, you know. So I think, again, you, you got to look at the stuff coming out of UC Davis and the health and life sciences and the really deep tech stuff coming out of there. I, I see a lot of activity there, and I, I think that's just going to continue. There's probably going to be greater activity in the med and health tech space. We see a lot of software as a service startups. I don't know, I don't have any good data on whether that's B2B or B2C. I think it's a, a I think there's a good mix of that. I don't know, Flora, if you've got a, any insight on that. Well, we that do mix. have some, uh, we definitely have some clusters in the region. In fact, Sarda even had different programs for clean tech, med tech, agricultural technology, I forget one. No, cleantech, ag tech, med tech. There were definite programs for those. And ag tech. So mm-hmm. we have clusters around, uh, business clusters around those areas. And ag tech and med tech, a lot of that comes out of UC Davis for sure. So there, there are those clusters. I'm starting to see, and I don't know if you could call it a cluster yet, but fintech or financial technology. There's a lot of startups really across the world coming up with that, and Sacramento has some as well. We did have an augmented reality, virtual reality accelerator program that finished up last year and here in the Sacramento region. And so there was a effort to bring companies from all around to Sacramento to work on that. I don't know if another program is being planned there, but I do think AR and VR is a real growth area, particularly when you look at the world post-COVID-19 and people wanting to have more realistic experiences from the safety of their own home. I think that that's going to be booming, and we have a number of companies here working on that. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the City of Sacramento and their Sacramento Urban Technology Lab. So City of Sacramento, uh, Lewis Stewart and his group there are really focusing on amplifying and growing Sacramento region as an urban technology lab and growing the innovation around 
basically, I think, six or seven key verticals. So that's mobility, like autonomous vehicles. It's clean tech and sustainability, health, IT and life sciences, food systems, Internet of Things and cybersecurity, and then government tech and civic tech are the, the key things there. Really trying to work on to grow in the community here as far as the verticals go. Yeah, and uh, there is the program that Stories kicked off a few years ago called the Innovation Awards. So the Innovation Awards were uh, it's an annual event, and unfortunately, they just announced that they're going to cancel twenty. Cancel twenty twenty. I mean, let's let's all cancel twenty twenty. <laughs> Start over, right? We're going to do over in twenty twenty one, and we'll pick up where we left off at the end of nineteen. It'll be perfect. Exactly. But the Innovation Awards are in a number of categories, probably six six categories. So software, healthcare, agriculture, clean tech. Uh, I think there's actually two in the med. One is med tech and one is like pharmaceutical. I'm going to call it heavy manufacturing or something like that. So every year, company or innovations are nominated. It's not the company being nominated, but the innovation itself. And then these committees, experts review the applications. Some companies self-nominate, which actually works out really well because they have all the information they need. And then three finalists are selected in each category. And then in October, there's an awards ceremony where the finalists the, the winner is announced. So being a member of the selection committee, I actually get to see all of the applications and the ones that, the categories that typically have the most applications, the software committee, which I'm on, always has the most applications. And then the, the second one is MedTech, has, gets quite a few applications as well. So if you wanted to look at like, what are some hot innovative startup areas in Sacramento, I would say any software-based platform, and I know there's much narrower categories of that, but then also uh, medical technology. Mm-hmm. And in, in the med tech category, a lot of that is software-based as well. So digital health is big. The Innovation Awards process usually kicks off about right now in terms of collecting applications, and the applications are open for a couple months, and then the selection committees start meeting to go over the the applications and determine the winners. It's a great program and I'm sad that it's not going to happen in 2020, but we'll just have more people apply in 2021. So the most serendipitous collisions are going to happen in those two areas by sheer nature of the confluence of all the activity that's happening. I'd say yes in the general software category and then in the the med tech category, a lot of that is fueled by the work that's done at UC Davis. So, and I think it's worth pointing out there. So that's the, the idea of Aggie Square is gonna be an innovation space by UC Davis and that Stockton Boulevard, Broadway quarter where the UC Davis hospital is, they're building Aggie Square, which they're intended, one of the intent, one of the purposes of that is to create the, an innovation hub where these serendipitous collisions can happen in the med tech and health space. So I think once that's up and running, going full bore, then I think we're going to see some cool collisions and innovations coming out of that. I agree. The with with the expectation, that's what it's there for, too, which is really yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. great for the community. And I think uh, ag tech is really seeing an uptick. And ag tech is kind of in two different categories. One is in li- the life science side of things, 
where they're, you know, they're coming up with compounds that help plants grow faster or better, but also in the area of sensors and drones and internet of things type activity. For example, there was an article in the business journal today about a company that I hadn't even heard about yet that's come up with a sensor that gets embedded in a tree and that sensor tells you when you need to water that tree. So, you know, a lot of things in the area of conserving precious resources like water are really taking off in agricultural technology. I think Sacramento, the Sacramento region is going to shine in that area in coming years. Yeah. And that's one that there was several years ago, there was a not maybe a couple of years ago, there was a Brookings Institution report that was commissioned by some groups here to look at the, the economy here. And ag tech was one of the clusters they identified as the key core competency of the region. So I think there's going to be, you see some amplified work to grow that sector. Right. And, and Startup Sack works with all technologies, but then there's a, a nonprofit called Ag Start where, for example, if we happen to run into someone who's in food or agricultural technology, we'll refer them to AgStart to get you know, further help, like uh, mentoring. Same with Clean Start, which works with sustainable technologies. So I think out of Aggie Square will come that kind of support for medical technology companies again. I agree. You know, as we start to wind down the discussion, back to Startup SAC, what are some of the steps that you're taking currently to continue relevance in the business community with all the changes and the you know, questions about where people are going to be moving forward, funding, et cetera? So, so far we've moved all, you know, all of our, what used to be in-person offerings are now online and, and virtual. So historically we've had, you know, we've done a lot, we've had a lot of online resources with our website, with our newsletters, and, and that's a big component of what we do is communicating to people that way and being a resource online through newsletters. But uh, we also, held events like our monthly happy hour event where we bring in it's part networking but also bring in a, a veteran entrepreneur to do a Q&A with the audience so we took that virtual in April I believe was the first one we did that one virtually I mean we've actually seen an uptick we did one earlier this week that Laura mentioned where we had an audience of over 70 people to hear Greg Connolly from Trifecta talk about inbound digital marketing so that was really well received we've also pivoted our office hours event to be a virtual one and it kind of shifted the content of that one too so it used to be just kind of be hey let's get to know you and introduce you to the to the ecosystem now it's we're actually you know our first one we did that way we brought in sabi das from the local bc firm net adventures to talk about the venture venture funding climate uh, here in sacramento and in general that was our second one was the second one okay the first one we brought in resources from the SBA oh that's right yeah and the banks um, to talk about the the federal relief that was available, mm-hmm. so and that was well attended. But actually, we found that all of our online events are better attended than our. <laughs> events. It's easier, right? It's easier, yeah, right? It's easier, but you know, you're still missing. Um, I'm not sure pe- people are getting information and they're learning. It's educational, but the relationship building isn't. That's, that's, that's isn't that's happening, or at mm-hmm. least not happening the way it would if you were able to meet in person. So that's the challenge: is figuring out how to foster those serendipitous 
are they serendipitous if you foster them? <laughs> you facilitate the serendipity. And yeah, facilitate. Collaborative and, serendipity. Yeah. So if this continues that we can't meet in person for a, a long time, how, how do we keep doing that? Yeah. We are, we're also using some of our online tools that were already there to better communicate. For example, we have a Facebook group, a private group, and it's grown to, I think we're almost at 700 people or over 700. I think it's just over 700 or whatever yeah. the other day. And so it's a, a forum where people can get to know each other, ask questions like today, someone who has Fanalyze is the name of the app. He has a sports, what do you call it? Fantasy sports app that helps you with statistics and stuff. And he wants to meet get involved with some professional athletes. So he's asking me, you know, how do you have any ideas for that? I'm like, yeah, post it in the Facebook group. Other people may know someone from the Kings or whatever, you know, they, they can help you out. So we've seen those sorts of collaborations happening through the Facebook group that used to happen more in person. See, there, there'd be a great example, you know, Greg Connolly, who I've mentioned a couple of times now at Trifecta, they work with several sports leagues. And so if they were to meet serendipitously somehow, that would be a great connection that could be made. This shelter in place has given a lot of people an opportunity to either focus or create or ideate and dream. And I would expect that we're going to see a lot come out of it in terms of new opportunities, new presentations, new ideas, things to do things differently that people realize they don't want to go back to that job. They want to start something up. If you were reaching out to those people, what would you say to them? You're right. I think there's going to be a lot of people out there. Who, a lot of, there's a lot of people out of work right now. And, and a lot of people who are out of work come up with great ideas and, and want to start something. I was that way. Uh, 20 years ago, I was laid off from a job. And that's when I started freelancing and, and being a solopreneur. I think we're going to see a ton of that. What I would say to those people is connect with us, come to our events. We can get you connected into the, into the local startup ecosystem, coming to One Million Cups, subscribing to our newsletter, coming to our events to learn from mentors and, and founders who've been there and done that. Starting a business, entrepreneurship is difficult. There's a lot you need to know, and we can help facilitate that. Yeah, we definitely help with, with the roadmap. Uh, with our experience, we know when they're at a certain point, you know, which junction they need to take or which turn they need to make. But I also want to add, it's not just because people are out of work that they might want to start a new business. It's because we're at a time of crisis and a lot of new needs come out of a time of crisis. So uh, whether you have a job or not, if you can identify a new problem that has arisen because of this crisis that is painful for people that they would pay for a solution, there's you know, not a better time to start it than now. Yeah, disruptions are great opportunities for new innovations. Don't disagree. And I think what you guys are doing is absolutely incredible as a service to the community, as an opportunity to help the community grow, to get us recognized as well-supported and in some cases well-funded, but certainly very, very well-intended with the City of Sacramento and SMUD and Greater Sacramento Economic Council. All the interested parties that make these things happen and the alignment with the universities gives Sacramento a leg up on other communities that might be trying to do something similar. And having an organization like Startup Sec gives everybody that opportunity to say, hey, I can go to somebody and I don't have to do this on my own, which is a mm -hmm. tremendous amount of legwork. And I can do it with collaboration and 
you know, back to serendipitous collisions. I'll meet people that I had no idea could be fortunate in that relationship to draw together what it is we're trying to accomplish. So I thank you guys. In closing, what is the best way to reach out, to reach you, to get a hold of you? Visit us. Uh, our website is startupsack.com or startupsack.org. Both will work. So that's the best way to reach us online. We also are on, on Twitter and our Twitter handle is at Sacks Startup. Um, we're on Facebook. Look for us on Facebook at Startup Sack. And we're both on LinkedIn. Sack is on LinkedIn. And before we go, I would just want to say that we wouldn't be able to do what we do without the support of our sponsors. And so I just want to give a quick shout out to them. Nivigen. Weintraub, Tobin, Witten Law, Moneta Ventures, Stoll Reeves, Talent Web, Recruitment and Staffing, Moss Adams, and SMUD. Without their financial support, we would not be able to put on these programs. We're still working. I, I don't know about all this downtime people have been talking about. I <laughs> totally agree. I've not had it at all. Same here. I think that's a good thing. Well, thank you both. I really appreciate the time and I appreciate all the involvement that we see the community giving you to make things happen. And continued good luck. Let's thank you. hope this old, we can go out and get back to work and meet together and get that vibe. All right. Thank you, okay. If what you heard today moved you, please reach out to that organization and find a way you can support their cause. Thank you for listening. Thank you for any support you can give. This production was made possible by Multipoint Content Strategies and Hear Me Now Studio. Mm-hmm.